old days. We're um we're having a whole weekend together, me and Mace. Yeah, a working weekend. Yeah, I'm excited about it. And work on park shit. Work on parky shit. <laughs> <laughs> We've had quite the night. So far, so good. I've enjoyed it. We've listened to a lot of old country. Yeah, like 80s and 90s country music. Yeah. A lot of it. Yeah. Uh, um, we bought snacks for the weekend. We sure did. We were moderately healthy. Yeah, yeah. Because usually I'm, I'm, I'm sure that everyone's gathered that anytime <laughs> we record, that's like cheat night deluxe, you know? But it's like since we're spending the whole weekend working, yeah. we're like, okay, well, we can't do that. So no, we'll we die. got snacks that aren't going to give us a coronary. <laughs> <laughs> and something else very exciting happened tonight. Oh, my God. <sighs> We never want to, like, assume someone's going to do this for us. Yeah. You know? It's like a dream. It's just like, oh, boy, if this ever happened. But for the first time ever tonight, someone has made fan art. And it's so cute! It's the cutest thing. It's it's by Miss Ginny Jacqueline. Who is excellent. Oh, my gosh. We were creeping her work, and she is so good. Super stylistic and talented. Like... We're just going to blow it up and stick it on our On houses. everything. I'm going to yeah. tattoo it on my body. <laughs> I, I love it. She, she fucking nailed this drawing. Everything from Macy's jogger pants. Crop top and almost harem pants. Crop like, top harem pants. And she's literally, herbs are materializing out of yeah, her Yeah, I'm hands. like throwing leaves. Into like, the air. <laughs> it's wonderful. And she's got my big fucking hair. And the first thing I shouted to Macy when I saw this after was, oh my God, someone drew us, mm-hmm. was, I'm in all black. Yeah. And you're in like <laughs> this gauzy black long skirt. It's so good. So we're back again this week in the Murderworth studio. <laughs> Guys, if you didn't listen to our last episode, like we had a fucking ball listening we- to that one. I I have listened to it a couple times, honestly, That's- just because I was just like, what? On Earth. <laughs> it's probably my favorite one within recent history that yeah, we've done. Yeah, it was mine too. It was just fun. It was a lot of it was a lot of good times. What are we talking about today? Okay, here's the thing. In so, the here and now. This is something that I've been like you know when something comes to your attention and then you see it everywhere. Oh yeah. I can't remember what that's called. Confirmation Confirmation bias. bias. Yeah. And it's like so that happened, but it's also something that it's like the moment I've been seeing it, I'm just immensely interested in it. However, it's accidentally kind of similar to Jasmine, oh. which I know I just did, but it's is still this, very different. Is this another installment of Macy's Little Hornies? Not quite. So this does kind of keep um, love in the air, mm. but it's much more... I, I'll get to that. But okay. it's it's different from Jasmine, okay? But it's still a nice, heady floral scent. And I didn't really know because it's something I didn't know much about. I thought. Oh. I'm going to be talking about Ilang-Ilang. So, you know, we do topics every single week. And they're always interesting. But you know when you hit one that just, like, you're captivated? It, it piques a personal interest. Yeah. And so this one really did for me. Yeah. It's It's just... Very interesting, and I end on, like, a very interesting historical thing about it that's oh. not necessarily witchy, okay. but I read it and was just like, whoa. <laughs> so, I'm excited. You turned into Gandalf? I, I did, yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I'm super excited about it. I'm also excited to hear your story, because you've been talking to me about it for days, saying how excited you are to tell me this wild-ass story. I am bursting at the seams for today's episode. I marcoed Macy... Told her, I, I this is bananas. The story I have today is fucking bananas, yeah. and I'm ready for it. And yeah, and you were just like, I just, I, I just want to tell it to you. Like, I just, I just, that's all I want to do is tell. It. I did at, at several points, like during researching it, I would like call my mom, or I'd come out to the living room and hang out with Clark for a bit, and I had to stop myself from being from telling this story yeah. like it yeah. was it was wonderful and um so today i'm doing another installment of the gods and goddess series oh. and uh we've done two goddesses in a row so i'm going with a god and i wanted to stick with a spring kind of a spring theme which was really hard so much of this part of the year 
is all it's very feminine in yeah, nature. Yeah. So there's a lot of goddesses. It's the goddess time of the year right yeah. now. The the only god that I saw, I mean I saw a few, but the most popular one I saw was the Green Man. Yeah. Which, which you know, is already we already know that. I'm actually going to be talking about an Egyptian god. Oh. And Egyptian gods and goddesses fascinate me like almost no other thing in the world. Are you talking about Horus? No. But he ties in. And I have a whole separate page with phonetics, but I'm going to adopt the practice of take it and run with it. So I'm talking about Osiris. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Cool. I'm excited. And this story is bonkers. I'm excited. This is going to be fun. I feel extra witchy after that, after seeing us drawn. I know. (laughs) Oh my God. And our little conical hats. I love it. All right, dude. I think I'm going to dive on in. Dive it in. I love it. I'm ready. I've been so excited to tell you this since this morning. And, and you know, there's just some cool shit in here. You yeah. know, it's one to where there's a legend Ooh. and then there's history. Ooh. And it's just like a good old mix. Spicy. Uh, yeah. It's just it's like a salad. You know. <laughs> <laughs> a little that spicy salad. Oh, my God. Okay. So, Elang Elang. I'm going to throw you with some, uh, like, just some plant information. Throw me some plant I'm going to throw it at you. Right in my face. All right. So its name, uh, like, scientific name is Kananga odorata. Odorata. Yeah. No, like, this whole thing's all about scent. (laughs) Like, it's also known as the Kananga tree. Oh. Uh, It's native to the Philippines, India, Indochina, Malaysia, Indonesia, Queensland, Australia. Oh. Um, so that's kind of where it goes. It likes the warm, kind mm. of moist tropical climates. Moist. Uh, the Kananga tree produces these very r- ridiculous flowers. They're really interesting. So they're about two inches long. So they're pretty big flowers. And they look like, so say that you open a banana peel, but you like split the things you opened in half. So there's like eight big, long yellow things. Oh. It's interesting. And it's like bright ass yellow. Yeah. Like, and the flowers are called ylang-ylang. Mm. So this is really all about the flowers. And so the tree at times, because of that, is called the ylang-ylang tree. Okay. Even though it is the kananga tree. Mm. Um, o- odorous. Yeah. Kananga odorata. Odorata. Odorous. <laughs> odorous. <laughs> odorata sounds like some Illuminati I shit. Know, doesn't it? <laughs> So in the right climates, which it likes tropical, warm, moist mm. climates, moist. it can reach like 60 to a, like some people said 100 feet tall. So it can be a, it's a tree. Fuck. It's not a little shrubby. It's little not a shrubby, shrubby thing. Yeah. We, we got a full, we got a big bitch of a tree. Yeah. We got a full blown okay. tree. It, it's evergreen mm. and it flowers all the time. And the flowers are, you know, they're these large, bright, very interesting flowers. And they can be smelled, like, at least from 30 feet away. Like, oh, really? Very potent smell. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they're consistently loaded down with these small, like, olive-like little fruits hmm. as well. Which aren't, like, widely used in food. But, like, you can eat them if oh. you want to. Um, they put off kind of, like, a juniper or conifer type smell. Okay. So, and Tagalog, which is, like, one of the most used languages uh, throughout the Philippines, the name translates to flower of all flowers or shit. Yeah. Yeah. Or like flower of flowers. Like it's the, it's, it's the flower. Yeah. Wow. And here's a legend about the Alang-Alang flower. A legend. I've got a story time for you. Okay. So there's this married couple and they were very fortunate. They had a lot of things. They were Mm -hmm. comfortable. However, they didn't have any children. And, one night, the gods came to them in a dream and said, all right, we'll give you a child. We'll give you a daughter. But whenever she matures, no man can touch her ever. <laughs> <laughs> the gods, the gods always have the weirdest stipulations. Yeah, it's the catches are always like, oh. <laughs> what? Why? <laughs> <laughs> so they named the girl Elang. Which means flower. Uh, and she grew, of course, to be just a real knockout. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, just like a perfect 10, you know. <laughs> she had a ton of suitors, but her parents had to basically guard her because <laughs> due to her fucking rules, like, she can't touch a person, a male. Okay. Once she matured. And so she's matured now. And if a man touches her, that apparently something happens. Okay. Like the God said, don't do that. <laughs> So one day, her her parents were not home, and she went out to the garden to pick some flowers. Oh, shit. Well, 
out like up walks up this like young man who's just long been in love with her. Mm. Um, <laughs> been watching. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like his so parents are gone. And I, I picture him as like you know in the original Halloween when he's leaning behind the hedges <laughs> <laughs> in this garden. He's just watching. Ew. Basically, he takes her hand oh. and asks her to marry him. He's oh. just like super infatuated, and she immediately. Turns into a tree. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah. And um, when, you know, remember her name was Elang. Elang. Yeah. And when she turned into it, you know, she turned into this tree with these highly fragrant flowers. And he then shouted, Elang! Elang! (laughs) Uh, And it says that to this day he still does. From now until He's eternity. Shout, Elang! <laughs> yeah. And so hence Elang Elang. Because he yelled. Yeah. Is intense. Yeah. There's that. But I mean, I guess, like, I guess it says something that he was so in love with her that he is still shouting. Uh, yeah. And he wasn't just like, that sucks and moves on to I some mean, other. I feel like he should feel partially responsible because literally he touched her and she turned into a tree. If he doesn't feel at least kind of responsible, the dude's a real dick. You know what? I kind of want him to be a bigger creep so I would feel less bad. Yeah. Like maybe he was just like peeping at her all the time, like yeah. waiting for her to be alone. Some peeping Tom Because Fullery. like he, he, he didn't just like take her hand and be like, will you bone me? Yeah. Like, he wanted to marry he her. He wanted to marry her and <laughs> will you bone me? <laughs> you know, as you do. Milady. <laughs> Will Milady Bone, man? <laughs> gross. Oh, gross. Oh, man. So, I, I wrote this, 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 I took these notes and I was like, Charlie's gonna love the fuck out of this. So, the flowers are pollinated by night moths. <gasps> so, their scent is like strongest from dusk till dawn. Yeah, baby. And strongest at the morning, like dawn. Mm. And that's when the flowers are harvested. Oh, yeah. Specifically at sunbreak. Right, okay. Um, daybreak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so that's when the flowers are picked. So the essential oil is rendered through distillation, which makes it different from a lot of um, like delicate flowers like jasmine, Mm. which is rendered like on a layer of fat. Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen the movie Perfume? Yes. Uh You cannot talk about distillation without me thinking of perfume. Yeah. And so, you know, I had no idea about that storyline before I watched that movie. I was in college and my roommate just turned it on and I watched it and I was like, what the fuck just happened? I'm fucked up. But Two was- hours of my life make no sense. You'll be fucked up for a long time, though. Like, like it was, it stayed with me. Like, yeah. I still think back to that film every now and again, and I'm like... I'll think back to that ending scene. I know. I, I had just- chills talking about yeah. it. Anyway, it's not done that way. It's not done through fat. It's done mm-hmm. through water. Mm-hmm. Um, So, which gets a higher yield that way, and just, like... I think the flowers, they're just not as... They're giant, too. I mean, like, jasmine flowers are teeny tiny. Um, It's a natural antidepressant. Oh. It helps to relieve anxiety, and it just kind of induces this feeling of joy. Mm. It helps harmonize masculine and feminine energies. (gasps) Oh, okay. um, Which is always good. And helps align with the divine feminine. Mm. So it's highly effective when working with the heart and throat chakras, as it, like, instills clear vision, insight, and acceptance. One can kind of maneuver through high tension situations with it because you just kind of are like rolling with it. Okay. You know, it kind of reduces that anxiety. It kind of just like, calms hey man, you down. Whatever happens, happens, And you man. can just roll with okay. it. Okay. Which I think... It turns you into the dude. It turns you into the dude. All right. Yeah, which I think we all need. <laughs> oh, yeah. It helps one let go of the past. Okay. Uh, past guilt, uh, negativity, particularly towards yourself. Oh. Apprehension. Mm. Um, basically all of these things that are like a ball and chain, jealousy, anger, things that hold you back. Okay. And so this oil is all about moving forward. It's all about, um, breaking free of shackles and moving forward. It helps really well for confidence, sexual insecurity, particularly with women. See, and that's what I have always heard about this oil or this, this plant and however it's used is I heard it was a very like, um, it helped reduce frigidness. Yeah. It, yeah. Pretty much like the anxiety. Yeah. If you feel uncomfortable trying new things mm. or whatever, it's kind of supposed to help you just be like, fuck it. I'm the dude. I'm yeah. just going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, long been worn by women in its flower form. Oh. Um, as well as its oil. 
as an attraction element. Mm -hmm. It does have a really wonderful scent. Mm -hmm. It's super calming, physically Mm -hmm. even. Slows, like actually can slow your heart rate. Like not, you know, dangerously, but like it can slow, you know. (laughs) It kills you. It can chill you out. Um, and still self-confidence. Yeah. Allowing one to kind of just shuck the negative shit. Vibes, you know? Man. Yeah. Like you're just, it's just, see yourself in a non-negative light. Okay, cool. It can help you move on from like paranoia even, um, particularly on like a paranoia as a result of insecurities. Okay. Um, things like that. And can kind of help you, it, it just, once you can compartmentalize and file those things mm. away you can kind of go on your path to betterment mm. you know and it's it's kind of a tool for that just to help you kind of be like all right i gotta i'm gonna work through this i'm gonna quit doing this huh which in this time of spring cleaning i think emotional spring cleaning should be involved uh, absolutely <laughs> it's really good for those who are like physically or spiritually drained mm-hmm. it, it can be kind of brought back into alignment with it and kind of revive that spirit again so here's some, I got, uh, to close, I have some miscellaneous elang-elang information. Oh. Yeah. So historically, the beds of newlyweds were covered with elang-elang flowers. How fancy. I know, How right? lovely. Chinese history, they would dab the oil on their winter garments before putting them away for the next year. Oh. So then they would pull them out the following winter and they would smell like bright, clean, have a nice association very nice yeah and it would retain the scent because it's a strong ass scent yeah since it can one thing wanted to announce since it can like actually physically lower your blood pressure which Mm. it can like there's some word of caution out there for people who have low blood pressure already oh um just because it can like with the calming aspect of it actually lower your blood pressure wow yeah like it has a physical effect that and heart rate yeah so the aromatherapy compounds in it it's like it actually chills you out holy hell it's known as the poor man's jasmine (laughs) So here we are with that. Rude. Yeah. The topic I covered last week. It's kind of, it's not, a, it's not really the same scent, but it's like a feminine, sexy, floral scent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you about this sexy scent. It's a scent we're all familiar with, or Uh-oh. at least a lot of us. I know you are. Uh-oh. And you didn't know it. Oh no. I have some history for you. Tell me. In 1921, a gentleman named Ernest Bow was asked to create several perfume samples. A whole slew of perfume samples. Is this going to be a famous perfume that we both like? he presented them in two panels or like series. Okay. Um, There were 10. All under the task of creating like the, the scent, like the one, whatever, like if you were to think of a woman, that's a woman's scent. Okay. And so that was his task. And one of his blends was ylang-ylang, jasmine, and rose. It was the fifth sample in the series. And he was commissioned oh, by none other shit. than Coco Chanel. So Chanel number five. <gasps> Hell yeah. Is comprised of Ylang Ylang, Jasmine, and Rose. Whoa. Which, and if you think about that, think of those scents. That's yeah. a very attractive scent. There's That's- a reason that, you know, it has such an effect on people is because of what's in it. I never knew whoa yeah and in the 50s it just absolutely took off because marilyn monroe was asked one day what she was wearing and she said chanel number five but yeah so that's um it's one of the most recognized and loved scents in the world and i blew my mind yeah it did me too and you know i know it's not necessarily witchy but like it's neat you know like i i remember one of my first big girl purchases when i got a job and i'm still living at home but you know like it's money Mm -hmm. i got myself a bottle of chanel Mm -hmm. number five and i I still have it. I still have a little bit left in it. And I, I I love it. I always have. When you were living not too far away and we would come see you, I would always steal a little squirt. Were you? Yeah. Did you really? Because it was in your bathroom. I would, I would always tell you when I came. Mm-hmm. And it was like the first thing I said when I came out of the bathroom. I like, I stole some of your shit. That's right. I remember you would do but that. But I couldn't help it. It was sitting there. I was like, oh, it's a little It's wonderful. Squirt. And it just lingers. Oh, yeah. And oh. those, I think that... Um, that kind of era of perfumes is my it is mine hands too. down. It's favorite. old lady sense and I old lady sense. I mean, fucking Chanel number five. Uh, my personal favorite is Jador. Jador. Um, I even love. I know it's not like as fancy. I love white diamonds. I love white diamonds. I love it. I love white diamonds. I love freaking Charlie. Red door. 
Red Door. I love Red Door. Neat. But that's all I have. It's just like, you know, I, I, I thought it was appropriate. And I think it's interesting that I've been so called to do it when it's about yeah. like spirit renewal, kind of emotional spring cleaning. First of all, anything that has like a actual medical yeah. or a physical yeah. reaction, provable, provable reaction. reaction within us. It really, it really puts a fine point on it. Oh, oh, I like it. Anyway. Very cool. Very cool. Are you ready? I am ready. I want you to tell me a crazy story. Okay, listen here. I hope that this is as I really hope that this is as crazy to everybody. You're as about it to was let to me. me down. I hope not. Before we go any further, you wanna pay Patreon, pay 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 Patreon, pay 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 Patreon, pay pay Patreon. Shout out segment. Oh, today's Patreon shout out segment, or this episode is dedicated to because we can't seem to land on one phrase cleona i really like that name cleona 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 fucking hate that song i don't like it either but it gets in my head sometimes but i will never hear it without yeah it's gonna be cleona for the rest of yep Mm. That's the one. <laughs> I'm going to jump into this wild ride of a story. Okay, I'm ready. And in a lot of these stories, all about spring deities or springtime in general, there's a lot of reoccurring themes that are very similar. Birth and redeath yeah. and purity and fertility and stuff like that. But I mean, even think about the story of Jesus, the whole resurrection. Yeah. Resurrection is a big thing with a lot. Uh, and this is no different but the the twists you take to get there oh, are, are just... Oh, okay, so I'm going to be talking about the Egyptian god Osiris. I'm going to keep my pronunciation page very handy. So Osiris is also known as Lord of the Underworld and Judge of the Dead. Judge of the Dead. He goes by many, many names, including Winifer, the Beautiful One, oh. the Lord of Love, my, okay. King of the Living, and... The foremost of the Westerners. Oh, that one's cool. Yeah. And listen here, because the West, and ultimately Westerners themselves, were synonymous with those who have passed on. Okay. Which makes me think of makes Into the West. Into the Undying Lands. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Into the West by Annie Lennox. Into the West. So powerful. Oh, makes, I love that song. Makes me cry. Oh. <laughs> um, all right. So. Down. I'm done. How does a soft and weary head? So Osiris began to be worshipped as a god from 3150 BC. Okay. Ancient. Yeah. He's been around the block. He's been here a while. That that much we know for sure. Like that's a date that's yeah. that's pretty However, it is suggested there there's some evidence out there that his worship began in some form or another. As early as 6,000 BC. Damn it. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> His name in its Egyptian form, Urser, means powerful. And he's usually shown in the partial wrappings of a mummy in his depictions and That's carvings. That's cool. With green or black skin. And this alludes to that theme of, of death and rebirth. So he's a partial mummy. He's and not aliens. And aliens. <laughs> he's not fully dead. He's not fully alive. He's a partial mummy. And the green and the black skin allude to the fertility theme. Uh, Macy's burning. Oh, get us some ASMR. I'm trying. Oh, baby. Got some cedar action going. I'm just trying not to burn your house down. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, so the, the green and the black, and, and the way he's shown with green or black skin, it represents the fertility theme and the fertility of the Nile River. Oh, neat. Uh, the mud. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it's that green and yeah. it's really like that algae yeah, dark yeah, yeah. mud. I can picture the color. Just, yeah, that you know exactly mm -hmm. that, that color of really rich mud bank. Yeah. So already, just in the way that he's depicted, we're already seeing those those themes of spring, fertility, and um, 
rebirth and everything, which is just, it's so, it's almost heavy handed. Yeah. Um, in all of these stories. So despite being a god of the dead uh, and a ruler of the underworld, he was a he was a gentle and fair god. Oh, nice. That's refreshing. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he wasn't like a like a Hades. Yeah. He was very kind and super generous. Uh there's depictions of him being terrifying at times, uh sending demons to drag people to the underworld, but those are few and far between. So he just had like a bad day. He exactly. Yeah. Like most of these gods and goddesses, you're not going to find like a you're going to be hard-pressed to find one that's, like, super good, chill yeah. all the time. Yeah. And it reminds me a little bit of the story of uh, Caridwen. Yeah. Like, she's yeah. always, and she's nice, and she is cooking shit up in her cauldron. But she, like, might chase you down and swallow you for small beefs. They're like a, uh, like, chaotic neutral. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like... <laughs> like you might get a warning from your friends when you meet him for the first time like hey he's normally a chill dude but like don't fuck up yeah (laughs) (laughs) osiris represents gratitude order eternal life um which are also interestingly enough some of the most important values in egyptian culture okay yeah they were all about the eternal life Mm -hmm. eternal life and uh surprisingly i didn't i didn't know this i always think of like rome i guess when i think of this but law he's considered the very first king of Egypt. Oh, cool. so a big deal. We're talking. We're talking about a, a big deal. There's a legacy here. There's he's uh, very important. He was he was super important to the ancient Egyptians. Mm. He was like the man for the ancient Egyptians. And I want to get into his legend now that we've talked a little about him, how he's depicted, and so the legend I'm going to tell you is one of the most important and the most most commonly retold of Egyptian religious life. It's deeply, deeply rooted uh, its way into the culture of Egypt. So here is the Osiris myth. Oh, lay it on me. After the world was created. We're going way back. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start at the beginning. And tell me if any of this rings sounds familiar to you. (laughs) As the world was created... The earth and the sky, named Geb and Nut, respectively, who were not gods necessarily, but they were kind of like forces of nature that make up the world as I'm we know it. Zelda. That's exactly. Yeah. That is exactly. Yeah. It. Like when they they do the 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 Triforce, the Triforce. And Ocarina of Time, when you have like the earth and the water and yes. the stone. Yeah. 100%. Brings like one brings law to the land. Yeah. Like brought this. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm fucking thinking of. Um, so anyway, Geb and Nut or the earth and the sky had five children. Osiris was first, then Isis, then Set, then Nephthys, and then Horus. So as the earth evolved on and humans began to kind of sprout up and they're making civilizations and coming together as a people, Osiris saw the need for the land to have law and order. You know, showing his generosity, he gave them law, he gave them culture, which, how is that? Just something you hand. (laughs) Don't develop your own. Take this instead. Here. (laughs) You have culture now. He gave them religion. He gave them agriculture. That's handy. So he's really taking people from just these wildlings to to, uh, an actual civilization. People began to absolutely flourish under his reign or, you know, reign, if you will. They were happy. Everybody was equal. Everybody was well, well fed. There was no starvation. There was no poverty and unhappiness. And, um... Earth was basically a paradise at this time. That's nice. (laughs) Well, guess what? Oh, it always ends. (laughs) A little bit of... This sparked a little bit of uh, sibling jealousy. Oh, God. In Osiris' younger brother, Set. God damn it, Set. Oh, God damn it, Set. Set goes wild (laughs) here in a minute. And he might... He's the villain kind of in this story, at least. He might be one of my favorite people of all time. Oh, jeez. Of course he is. But no, just because he's so... Okay, wait. I, I just gotta get... I'm getting ahead of myself. So, um, so Set began to grow more and more angry every day until he's just fuming at yeah. the success that Osiris have, has and, and how much the people love him and worship him. So you can only imagine 
how pissed off he was. I'm sorry, I can't even keep a straight face. You can only imagine how pissed off he was when he discovered that his sister, but also wife, Nephthys, disguised herself as Isis, who was Osiris's wife, but also sister. Great. To get with him and got knocked up. Oh, no. Set was not very happy about this. He's already pissed off. And then his woman goes and tricks him and gets knocked up with Osiris's baby. The obviously better sibling. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So after Set discovers what had happened, he calmly went to, and this is how I picture it. He just like went to the hardware store, got some wood, went home, built an absolutely ornate, breathtaking, beautiful coffin. Oh my God. Which was exactly, exactly Osiris's size. Oh, he's like, yeah, like he's not mincing any words with his actions. He then, after this beautiful, like, I, I, I picture this like jewel encrusted. Yeah, like a sarcophagus. Gold, yes. Just banging coffin. Okay, so after he builds his coffin, he then invites everyone over to this huge rager. Throws this gigantic party. It's a good cover. Where the... Well, no, because he's not subtle at all. Because the coffin is just the absolute centerpiece of this party. Of course it is. Set up on display. And everybody's having a good time. They're drinking and having one of those old ancient, ancient parties that were more wild than anything we could ever imagine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) So at some point, set... Stops the party. I imagine him like tapping a like yeah. little champagne glass. And he announces that he has a party game. Oh my God. And the game goes like this. He, it, like, wouldn't it be fun, guys, if, if everyone took their turn lying in this coffin? And then like whoever it fits best can take the coffin home as a prize. And it'll be yours. And this, look how beautiful it is. And the ancient Egyptians, man... They're so like original goths, like because that's that was just their thing. They were just yeah. like, let's have this party in a fucking coffin, hell yeah! And it was like everyone's taking this as normal shit, mm-hmm. like a guy. Go- oh yeah, of course he just made a beautiful coffin. Why? Why not? For some reason, everybody goes for this, and everyone lines up and they start taking their turns lying down in it. So everyone's trying their luck with this beautiful coffin, and when it comes up to Osiris's turn, he kind of lumbers in and gets into it and. Like a like a cartoony villain set like slams the lid of it down and fixes it closed. I gotta ask. Yes. Does Osiris know that he knocked up his brother's sister's wife's husband's? I am not sure. Okay. I am not completely. I like to sure. imagine. I don't know. The, I like to imagine he does. And he's just he's like at the just, party, just like, and he's just like, yeah, yeah. Well, man. see, the thing is, she came to him disguised. Disguised. As... You know, I don't think he would have known it in the act, but. I wonder if he would have been like when he found out. When he found out, he's like, "Mm." yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that was me. So Set slams the coffin down and fixes it shut. And again, just my imagination with this story is going around. I'm just picturing, you know, like Bugs Bunny-esque. Like he starts like, like in double time, just starts like hammering the nails in, you know, and like he's like lifting off the ground. He, He hammers it all shut. He picks this coffin up and he just chunks it into the Nile. Just fucking throws it into the Nile. The coffin just kind of starts to sail away. He's now trapped in this coffin. He's being ushered down the Nile until it kind of banks up against a tree. And it's this huge uh, tamarisk tree. And it begins to grow around the coffin. Wow. You know how you'll see like old bikes and stuff stuck in trees? Yeah. It starts to do that. Well, I mean, he's a god. So, I mean, it's not like he's going to die, I guess, in this coffin. Well, here's the thing. It, it's completely stuck in this tree and he's just sitting there. You know, Seth there. knew it was there. You know, Set, he's just he was watching just... it being like, I know you're in there alive. <laughs> like, you rat bastard. And um, so only when, and, and of course things work out this way, only when it's unseeable. Like nobody happened upon it when it's half sticking out of the tree and mm-hmm. they're like, hey, look at this coffin. He's completely swallowed up by the tree. And then the king of Biblis comes by, Melkander and his wife, mm-hmm. Astarte. Come walking by and they fall in love with this tree. It's emitting this like sweet scent and it's huge and beautiful. And he's a king, you know, and he's, he, he just order somebody I to must chop have it down. This tree. I, give me this tree. He 
orders it chopped down, <laughs> taken back to his palace, where it is made into a pillar for his royal court to admire. So, okay. it, y- yeah. And and the whole time, nobody, like, accidentally cuts into the coffin and yeah, finds him. Is, yeah. He's now trapped in a decorative pillar. That's frustrating. In a king's house, and nobody knows he's there. That's maddening. Yeah, and and what's what's even more is this is it's kind of ironic that he's the one who brought the idea of law and kingship yeah. and stuff like that to the land, and now he's trapped inside of this thing he's created. He stays in that coffin until he dies, and like you said, he's a god. Imagine how long it takes to kill a god. That sucks. He has been in this coffin for. How long does it take a tree, a huge tree, to do that? I mean, hundreds upon hundreds of years. I was thinking, yeah, like at least a hundred years. At least. So in the meantime, Osiris's wife, but also sister, Isis, has been searching for him high and low. And the whole time she's dressed herself up as an elderly woman, I guess, so she can walk among the people Mm. and, and find things out. And she's not just like, I'm a goddess, you know. And she eventually makes her way to Byblis. And she's seen one night, she just gets frustrated and she's on the bank of the Nile and she's sobbing and she's just like wailing for her lost husband. It's been, I guess, and he's hundreds in a of years. Pillar somewhere. He's in a pillar, but she's in the same place now. She's in Biblis mm-hmm. now. And she's just wailing and crying on the bank, the shore bank. And a young woman was actually nearby bathing in the river. Mm. The young woman took pity on this crying old woman Mm -hmm. uh, so she thought and invited her to the palace because this young woman happened to be like a maid at the palace isis accepts and she goes with there and while she's there and her time here at the palace because she of course kind of talks her way Mm -hmm. into staying there she becomes like a nursemaid for the king and queen's young sons and her time there being just a sharp as a whip she figures out what's going on i don't know how god sense maybe Mm. she knows she's close or something and she decides to take the youngest son of the king and queen and put puts on this big show of attempting to make this kid immortal by bathing him in fire that seems like the reverse of the dunk witch test (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna make you immortal by fire the queen sees her trying to bathe her son in fire and she flips out as you do isis then reveals herself to be the goddess the queen pleads with her and she says please spare me spare my child and if you do that you can have anything you want from us which she's a goddess she could i don't understand why she didn't just take it and she had to put on this big scary show Mm -hmm. i guess it's more dramatic she seems like maybe she's a little dramatic as a fair for she's got a little yeah and um as soon as she's like if you stop you can have whatever you want from us she's like oh okay cool well i'll stop give me that pillar i want that pillar and they're like yes yes take it go and they give her this pillar and they kick her the fuck out wow isis takes this giant pillar and just hauls it away from the uh, kingdom cuts it open finds osiris's body inside of it which i mean this whole story... After all of that time, that I, would suck. I Jesus. This paints her, her as the most bad bitch. Mm. I mean, she is so cool. And it gets even better. So she hauls him away, cuts into the tree, finds his body. And then she hides him because she knows she doesn't want Set to figure out what has happened. She hides him in the swamps of... of this town. So I guess Set is still mad after Set's like 300 still pissed years. Off. Yeah. He's still got a bee in his bonnet about this whole situation. Well, it's about to get worse because fucking Isis decides it'd be a great idea to get their sister, Nephthys. Hey, help me hide his body from Set. I don't want Set to come and hurt him further or do anything that I can't fix. I'm going to fuck off for a while and I'm going to go gather herbs and I'm going to gather things to make ointments and potions that Try i to bring him back to that life. i can bring him back to life with so she leaves him in nephthys care however yeah that's not the smartest decision no I it's not like. because pretty quickly set <laughs> persuades nephthys to tell him what's going on great you picked the worst person yeah to do like this old beefs here and <laughs> he immediately gets her to tell him what's going on so he goes to his brother's body that was not guarded at all by oh, Nephthys. Sure it wasn't. There was like fucking Snow White just like propped up somewhere. And in just the woods. yeah, just there. And she's basically she's sitting there with like a neon sign, like here he is. 
So Set goes to him, chops his body up ah! into a ton of pieces and scatters them all over Egypt and all into the Nile. So he's distributed these little chunky beefy bits of Osiris everywhere. He's chummed the Nile. He's chummed the Nile. Osiris's body part. So Isis returns to see what has happened while she was gone. And she has a brief, a brief moment of grief and shock. And then rage. But then, no. Serial killer calm. Oh, that's worse. That's worse. She takes on this air of serenity. And she just calmly she just calmly gathers up the pieces of his body how does she find them all she just goes and finds them and it takes god knows how fucking long and she's got all the time in the world and she's got all the stuff she needs to make this potion Mm -hmm. to bring him back to life so she's just i gotta do what i gotta do she goes and finds all of his body you later she's just you know yeah like when your mom is like Mm -hmm. i'll come back to this but i have stuff to do right now so this is almost a story about Isis. Th- yeah, you know, and it makes me very excited to cover her in the future. Mm-hmm. Got a hell of a motor. Hell yeah. But you know what? She doesn't really think things through. I think she has, I, I knowing nothing about her, and I could be totally wrong, totally wrong. I think she either has a really poor judge of character mm. or she is overly trusting and overly forgiving mm. because she asks her sister Nephthys stop yeah what is wrong she asks her sister to help her pick up the body parts but hey hey at least she knows this she does not allow Nephthys to pick up his danger <laughs> <laughs> she's allowed to gather all the body parts she wants but do not touch his danger wow Hey, I get it. Last time she did, all of the problems were started. I'm not really sure if she didn't want her, like, wild-ass sister to have his little peenie. Or if it was solely the fact that, and this is the part I wanted to get back to, when he was scattered, when Set was scattering the body parts everywhere, his little peena was one of the things thrown into the river, and then it was then eaten by fish. That sucks. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, though. Sure. So after getting all of his body back together. So wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, I'm moving to, yeah. I have a question. Yeah, go. So who rebuilt the peanut from the fish? <laughs> from the fish. I don't know. And how is this fish still alive? And how many fish are there? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm very confused. I like to imagine that he threw all the body parts in and then a fish ate it. But One like, big fish just ate the whole thing whole. I guess. Because otherwise, if it was nibbled by like little fish, you're not like putting it back, to- back together. And I'm going to guess that they don't really decompose the same way humans do. And maybe like the fish couldn't digest it. So Isis just had to like rip open a fish and pull a dick out. So That's what makes more sense to me. Yeah. I feel like it's like a, like a bass or something. Like a big <laughs> fish just like ate the whole penis. <laughs> Sentences you never thought you would have to say. (laughs) Um, Okay, so eventually she does. Isis gets all the body parts back together. And she's able to to raise Osiris from the dead. The second he's alive again. The millisecond he takes breath. She turns herself into a kite. A kite. Okay. Flies up in the air. Flies around his body. Surrounds him and her little kite body. Draws the seed out of oh, his body. Jesus. Becomes Perganonant with their son. <laughs> with their son, Horus. Which we just both kind of had to look this up for a little bit. Because Horus is listed as a sibling. Mm-hmm. But also as the child mm-hmm. of Osiris mm-hmm. and Isis. So I'm not sure. There does seem to be sometimes different names for different ages yeah. and, and stuff like that. But they did have a child and it was Horace. So she becomes pregnant with Horace. And when she gives birth, she is so, she's terrified of Set, I guess, as you would be for eternity. She's terrified that Set is going to be jealous of the child and she's scared of what he, he will do to her. So she hides him again in the swamps, like where she hid her husband. Dude. Right. And, and until she hides him in the swamps until he's grown. And boy, did Horus grow up. He grows up to this to be this like powerful, awesome beefcake warrior. Just comes storming out of the swamp, just this full grown man, <laughs> and goes to like battle with Set and ultimately control of the world. Because when Set 
murdered. Yeah, that makes sense. Or I, or Osiris, um, everything kind of goes to shit because Osiris was the one keeping the world together. And that story in itself is just as wild. And I'm going to save that for the future because I cannot, if I talk about it now, we'll be here for four hours. Yeah. So because of this whole ordeal, Osiris was, he's technically living again. But once dead can never be the, the same mm. in, in this world. He he was not considered whole anymore and he could not rule, at least not over the living humans. So this is when his reign of the afterlife began mm. and he adopted the name Lord and Judge of the Dead. So uh, that's the story of Osiris. And I was so excited because there's just so much there. That is, there's a lot of family dysfunction. There's so much family dis- dysfunction. And I want to point out there's a couple of things that are interesting, but they didn't really fit in the story. When Nephthys disguises herself and she goes and gets knocked up by Osiris, she the, the child she conceives with him is actually Anubis. So interesting. That's where that comes from. Okay. And then also these fucking fish, this dick eating fish. I want to hear about these cock eating fish. <laughs> this was the reason that they were forbidden to be eaten in ancient Egypt. I like to imagine that they don't want to catch one and fillet it just because they're going <laughs> to find gonna like find a them. god's schwanz in the fish. <laughs> so for like thousands of years they were like don't 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 <laughs> they're just terrified of finding a cock in this fish <laughs> so osiris going back to outside of his legend and just kind of about him as as a god he's tied to the mythical bird the benu which is the inspiration for the phoenix in greek mythology it's all about rising from the ashes and that rebirth again, that theme of resurrection, all of that coming into play again. And I had no idea that the Phoenix was like inspired by, I mean, I guess everything really is kind of inspired by something that came before it, but that the idea of the Phoenix was from something much, much older yeah. and that this is his, uh, his spirit basically. That's cool. And his whole story is this resurrection and being redeemed and coming back. And even though you may not be, the same as you were before you kind of take what you have now and you claim it and it's yeah. you know that it's yours now and you make a name for it and it doesn't have to be you know he didn't become this gloom and doom i'm the king of the dead yeah. you know i'm sad i miss everything he just was like i'm the lord and the judge of the dead yeah and i'm gonna end with a little bit of a quote a little bit of a prayer Oh. A little bit of an honor, honoring to Osiris. Uh, and buckle in, it's a little long. To Osiris, who is Lord of the Dead, I offer my praise. Osiris, first son of the earth and starry sky. Beloved of Isis, who is mighty in magic. I'll say. I know. Father of Horus, who wears the double crown. Osiris, who rules in the great duat. I pray to you. Oh, best of gods. Okay. Oh, best of kings. So long ago, you sat enthroned in the land of the light. So long ago, you fell into the blessed Nile, were immersed and torn into many parts. Oh, yeah. So long ago, did Isis and Nephthys gather you together again and return you to your breath. And yet once dead, so you must remain in the underworld. Osiris, bearer of the crook and the flail, well-honored, in Abdos and in Bursus, lord of the black land, I pray to you, I honor you in all ways. Wow. Is that not fucking cool? That's a hell of a prayer. <laughs> so that's a little, you know, if you do feel like this resonates with you in this theme of resurrection, especially in this time, like maybe you do need to call on a little bit of that coming back to life energy and uh you know maybe that little maybe that little prayer can help you kind of focus up a little bit on it and bring them in bring them into your world a little bit i'm sure he'd be happy to be there i'm sure he'd be happy to be anywhere that's not like inside of a fish or in a coffin or in a coffin for hundreds of years in a tree or a pillar it's a weird story it's a weird story i like it though (laughs) wow my favorite part is the balls on set. Yeah. To throw this party and basically just murder your brother in front of everybody. You know who I'm like picturing? <laughs> I'm picturing him as Leonardo DiCaprio as like a Mr. Candy 
or candy, like in uh, Django Unchained. Like, you know, like weirdly cheery kind of, and like he's all dappered up and he's having this party and then he just fucking snaps. Yeah. Like, and he's just a terror, but like still somehow charismatic. Yeah. It's like, that's who I'm picturing. I'm picturing like, that's kind of perfect. What was it? Calvin Candy, whatever his name is. Yeah. That's who I'm picturing. Ooh, and those teeth. Mm -hmm. Oh boy. Macy, turn on the stove. Get out a pot <laughs> and roll that beautiful. I'm ready for them to sue us. <laughs> We're going to get a cease and desist from, what is it, Bush's beans? Bush's beans. <laughs> Throwing down the law for a witch podcast. We just want to roll our beautiful bean footage. We just want to Now they're definitely going to sue us. Now they're going to sue us. I can just imagine in a boardroom, some dude storms through the doors and he's like... Guys, we ought to do something. We've got a situation here. (laughs) Somebody's rolling footage that's not beans. (laughs) Oh, my eyes are burning. I know, me too. Oh, it hurts. Oh, boy. We have a review. This was by Emily Foxmoon. Oh. It's titled, Yes, Just Yes. Oh. And I like it. Indeed. Uh, I've been trying for so long. To find something informative about witchcraft that doesn't sound like they're forcing something they don't believe. This is that place. Hilarious and informative. I can't stop listening. Thank oh, you. well, thank you. That means so much. I'm sorry that you can't stop listening. That sounds like a problem. <laughs> it's, yeah, you're just like all night. I just, I can't, I just can't stop. Can't stop. <laughs> it's the same episode over and over. Emily Foxman. I like that name. Thanks, man. We gotta talk. We gotta talk about uh, the uh, witchy bazaar. Oh yeah, this is gonna be witchy bazaar. What number four? Four. Yeah. Oh, there was uh, one at the Tin Panther, two at the Hive, and this will be a fourth. And it's at a different location, mm. and I can't remember. Shipping and receiving bar. Supposed to be bigger this time. Really? Yeah. From what I've seen, like hell yeah. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. It's on four twenty. And it's going to be a real good time. A real good time. We will definitely be there. All right, guys. Thank you once again for tuning in. To the WBH podcast. Mm. Teamwork. Makes the dream work. <sighs> Let's get out of this room. My eyes fucking stink. I feel like my eyes are going to run out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> Tequila for a margarita. Oh, God.